Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. There's some things that I want to bring out today that will help us experience everything that Jesus came to do. Starting in verse 39, it says, One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. And he says this, he says, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. Verse 40 says, But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die. We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today I want to talk to you about the man in the middle. That's the title of my message this morning, The Man in the Middle. Obviously, we see and known the story that there were three crosses, right? And there were two men on either side of Jesus. But here's the thing that you've got to know about those three men hanging on the cross. All three of those men were full of sin. Now, I know that might kind of startle you to begin with, but notice there is the one man that's up there for his crimes, and he's up there scoffing and being belligerent to Jesus. And then there's the other one that recognizes who Jesus is, but still he was a criminal and he's hanging for the guilt of his crimes. But don't you know that the Bible says that when Jesus hung on the cross, that he became sin for us all. So that day there were three men full of sin hanging on the cross. Now, when I see these two men, again, looking at this story maybe from a different angle, we see that one man on the side of Jesus, he was defiant. He was full of pride. He was unrepentant, only thinking of himself. The other one was remorseful, and he sought forgiveness. And then there was the one in the middle, the one that became sin for us, The one that took our guilt and shame. Now, let's look at another verse here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 21. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. And it says this, speaking of God, it says, God, or He, made Christ, who knew no sin, to judicially be sin on our behalf. Let's pause for a moment. It says that God judiciously made sin made Jesus sin on our behalf. Well you realize that Jesus 
was without sin. He was an innocent man that they hung on the cross. But the Bible says that God placed sin upon him and he became sin, but to the point that God actually made it a legal distribution and a legal consequence. Why? Because somebody had to pay the price for the penalty of sin. And so God says, I'll make it a matter of legality and I will judiciously order Jesus to become sin for you and me. Aren't you glad that he did? Let's read it again. Verse 21. And he made Christ, who knew no sin, to judiciously be sin on our behalf, so that in him we would become, now listen to these words, so that in him or that in him we would become the righteousness of God, that is, we would be made acceptable uh, to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that what Jesus did put us in a position and a place of righteousness. Do you know what that word righteousness means? It means right standing. I don't know about you. I'm a pastor. And there are those times that I wrestle with my feelings towards God in the sense that there are times that I just don't feel worthy when I'm before God. I think of all the things that I've done and all the mistakes and all the woulda, couldas, and shouldas. Does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? That, you know, you feel as though you're unworthy to, to have an audience with God because of all the woulda, couldas, and shouldas. But the Bible says that 2,000 years ago, Jesus became sin for us so that we could be made righteous or put into right standing with God. So here's the thing. It's not a sin problem anymore. It's not an issue of you having sin in your life. The question is, is what have you done with the man in the middle? What have you done with the man that paid the price for your sins? Because sin has already been paid for. And in the eyes of God, when we receive Jesus, the Bible says that God sees us righteous or being in right standing. Amen. So again, it doesn't matter what your emotions or your feelings tell you. And how many of you know that you can wake up from one day to the next and feel different? One day you can feel great. The next day you can think, man, I am just the lowest thing on earth. God, why would you even love me? Right? But in spite of how I feel, the Bible says, I am in right standing with God. Well, I don't know if you know that this morning, but whatever you've been doing, whatever you have done, whatever your past looks like, there was a man in the middle that made you righteous this morning. So to this morning, you can put your shoulders back knowing that as you leave here, God's not counting the cost and counting the record and having the checkbox to say you should have done. He's looking at you through Jesus and says, you are in right standing with me this morning. Man, I'm telling you what, that makes Resurrection Sunday all the more glorious because I am in right standing with Jesus and I'm in right standing with God. Amen? But again, the question is, what have you done with the man in the middle? Who are you? Which one of these individuals do you find yourself being?
Are you that one individual that's on the one side of Jesus and saying to Jesus, prove it, Jesus? Or you are on the other side and remembering or saying to Jesus, remembering me to, remember me today in your kingdom. It's interesting the words that each one of them had to say to Jesus. The one said, prove it, Jesus. If it's you, then pull yourself off the cross and us with you. Prove who you are. Prove that you love us. I'm sure each and every one of us have gone through some difficult times in our lives and we've said, God, if you love me, prove it. Prove it, God. Now, God is more than willing to show you how much he loves you. But over 30 years of ministry, here's something that I've come to know firsthand. Is that I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. I've seen God restore marriages. I've seen God heal minds. I've seen God raise individuals off the deathbed when the doctor said there is no hope. And we've prayed and said, God, we know who you are. And therefore, we're believing you for a miracle. And see a miracle right in front of our eyes. And having experienced a miracle, still seeing individuals live a life as though they don't give a rip about God. Are you tracking with me? What am I saying? Is that we can ask God all day long, prove it to me, God, if you really love me. But if he proved it to you, it does not assure that you'll walk with Jesus. Because if I'm needing him to prove it to me today, tomorrow when another difficult day comes, I'm going to say, prove it to me, Jesus. And then the next week, prove it to me, God. And then the next month, prove it to me, God. And it comes down to, God, do I trust you? Do I believe you? Do I accept what Jesus came to do. Amen? I asked you the question, which one are you? Are you the one that's always demanding God to prove his love? Or are you the one that says, God, I recognize who you are and what you've done. And today, will you remember me in paradise? Will you remember me in your kingdom? And doesn't it seem interesting that he used those words? That criminal says, Lord, remember me today in your kingdom. Well, we know that these two men lived a life of sin, lived a life of being criminals. But on this day, he says to Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. Why would he say those words? You know, the message that Jesus came, he said this. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Wherever Jesus went, that was his message. Repent. For the kingdom is here. I believe that that man may have been one of the pickpockets in the crowds. As Jesus was preaching and saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And as he's sitting there or hanging on the cross. And the man in the middle is there next to him. He recognizes the one that he heard. And he says, remember me today. And what was Jesus' answer? He says, today. He says, today I will remember you. Why is it? Because the Bible says in John's gospel that Jesus is the lamb. The one who takes away the sins of the world. I don't know about you, but whenever I read the scripture... I always try to make it personal. I try to feel what's going on 
in the storyline, and I'm sure you do as well. But again, as we look at these two thieves hanging on the cross and Jesus hanging in the middle, and as they respond or interact with Jesus, you can almost feel the emotion and the tension in the air. You, you can almost sense as you read it, and the one man that has a hardened heart, as he says to Jesus, prove it! Yet he still hangs on the cross. You can almost feel his anger, his bitterness, his resentment, and his hardening of heart, hardening as he hangs on the cross. And as he hangs there with hardness of heart, not seeing Jesus or the man in the middle, he dies all alone. And I'm here today to tell you that if you are here and you don't have Jesus, if you've never received the man in the middle, you've experienced a lonely life. You may have had people in your life. You may have experienced love with people. You may have kept yourself busy going here and going there, always reaching for straws, grasping for this, trying to achieve this for gratification. But I'm here to tell you that if you've never met the man in the middle, you've lived a life being lonely. But then there's the other man on the cross. You can sense in that moment he sees and recognizes Jesus. He identifies with the guilt and the shame and the choices that he's made. And in that moment as he says, don't you recognize who he is? And he says, Jesus Remember me today. He's basically saying, forgive me. I want to be with you today because I know that I'm not going to live much longer than just this moment right now. Forgive me and remember. You can almost sense that upon when Jesus says, today you'll be with me. You can almost sense the sincerity of heart and the relief and the comfort that comes to this man. That he knows that even though I'm paying the natural price, even though I know that I'm dying, I have an assurance of where I'm going because the man in the middle said today, I'll be with him. Come on, if you'll know Jesus, if you'll ask Jesus, the man in the middle, he'll bring a peace into your life that you've never experienced. Think about this man as he repented to Jesus, he released the sin that he had in his life and there came a relax in his heart. There's nothing like walking with Jesus and experiencing the freedom that only he can bring. Why do you think people run here and there? Why do you think people always are trying to get the next fix, trying to get the next fun experience? It's because they're looking for some sense of gratification, of fulfillment, for meaning of life. And there is none apart from Jesus. I said there is none apart from Jesus. Husbands and wives, listen. Boyfriends, girlfriends, I don't know, you might have a boyfriend, girlfriend in here. My oldest daughter says, um, no. One day. Just remember these words. You might look to that person that you're with and says, to say, you fulfill me or you fill a vacant spot in my life and in my heart. They may fill a void. 
you might experience love because of that relationship. But here's the thing. God is the one that ordained marriage. He's the one that ordained a relationship between a man and a woman. So therefore, you'll never experience the fullness of what the joy of marriage is apart from having Jesus at the center of your life. So in other words, we could say it this way. Husband, wife, do you have the man in the middle in the midst of your marriage? Because if you do, you'll experience marriage at another level. Come on, are you doing all right this morning? Once again, I don't know about you, but there's times that we struggle with this life. We think about the challenges that we've had, things that we desire, things that we want to accomplish, and we're always faced, or many times faced, with the guilt, the shame, the, the mistakes, the failures. We beat ourselves up. I don't know about you, but sometimes it almost feels like Jekyll and Hyde. Some days it's good and some days it's bad. Sometimes I feel like I'm caught in the middle between Jekyll and Hyde. But here's the thing. If you're relating to that, if you can say, I know what you're saying, Pastor. I feel like I'm in the middle between Jekyll and Hyde. The reason is because we were never meant to be in the middle. Jesus is the man in the middle. And he'll fix what ails you. He'll give you the peace and the comfort that you desire. Can somebody say amen? It says over in Hebrews chapter 10, why do we struggle? Why do we experience the challenges of life? Why do we go back and forth? Why do we wrestle and seem like it always is a challenge with guilt and shame and difficulties? The Bible tells us over here in Hebrews chapter 10, or it sheds light on why that's so. Starting in verse 2, it says, if they have could... If they could have provided perfect cleansing, speaking of what they used to do for sin, they would make sacrifice. If you remember in the Old Testament, they would have to kill the animals. They would have to shed the blood. It says, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings, now listen to these words, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Did you notice that apart from what Jesus did, any act to try to be free from sin is futile. And apart from Jesus and what he did on the cross and the death, the burial, and the resurrection, we are always going to be left with the guilt and the shame of life. And the Bible actually, in the King James, actually says having a sin consciousness. A sin consciousness. Always reminded of your faults and your failures. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you're your own worst enemy? Have you ever noticed that you are one that likes to talk to yourself? Come on, do I have any self-talkers in here? See a lot of hands. <clears throat> I would 
I, if I were a betting man, I would bet that oftentimes, or more than not, your self-talk is more negative than it is positive. Yeah? I mean, we don't find ourselves looking in the mirror. Boy, you're good looking. Boy, you're a success. Boy, you've done things well. You're just, you're just that and a bag of chips. No, typically, we look in the mirror. You know, you got blemishes one ear is lower than the other you're losing your hair you're a little bit too heavy you know you got all that gray coming in and beyond that you know you just messed up yesterday you know your kids are mad at you and whatever else right why because of guilt consciousness sin consciousness it's just part of man but the bible says that through jesus the man in the middle we can live free from the guilt and the shame let's continue reading here in verse Nine. Then he said, look, I've come to do your will. He canceled the first covenant in order to put away the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. The man in the middle paid the price for sin, the guilt consciousness, the shame, once and for all. And upon doing it once and for all, the Bible says that he's made you righteous. But yeah, you don't know how I feel and you don't know how I've acted and you don't know my past. But he does. And he says in spite of it, he's made you righteous. Right standing with him. Now, here's what I want to leave you with this morning. Here's where it's going to get good. If you've just been enduring to this point, if you've just been trying to stay awake up to this point, then right now, listen to these words because it's going to get good. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, listen to these words. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Or if you've received Christ and you've received the work of salvation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things, everybody say all things, have become new. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So here's what you're going to be tempted as you leave this place. But I want you to know that in 2023, on Easter Sunday, today is a day where you're coming into a contact and coming into understanding of the man in the middle. And he has said that you are the righteousness of God through Christ. And therefore, if you've received him, the old man is done away with and all things have been made new. So... When you leave this place and you're tempted to start thinking about all the wouldas and the couldas and the shouldas, and you start to hear that voice, you simply respond by saying, Excuse me, you're talking about a different man or a woman. And you might say, Well, wait a minute, they're, they're talking about me. Now, listen, 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So when the devil comes knocking on your door and says, you've missed it, you've blown it, you failed, you made a mistake, you can simply say, wait a minute, Mr. Devil. I want to remind you and let you know that the man in the middle took care of that and what you're talking about and who you're talking about is somebody different than me because I've been made a new man and the old has passed away. Amen. When you're looking in the mirror today, when you go home and you see that person that you beat up in the mirror and you're tempted to talk negative about yourself, stop and say, wait a minute. The man in the mirror or the man in the middle paid the price and therefore I want to remind myself and call yourself by name. Look yourself in the eye and say, listen, Tony, I want you to understand something. All those thoughts and all that negativity that you're spewing, that is a different man. It's not you. Come on. When you go to your respective families today and you're gathered around the Easter table breaking bread and you've had to invite that family member and maybe there's been tension here and there and maybe there's those ones that they're not going to be guarded in what they say and therefore all of a sudden things get stirred up and it's just the way family situations go sometimes and you might be left to start feeling guilty and start to feel bad about yourself and maybe the past is brought up no as they leave you go look yourself in the mirror and say they, they brought up all this negativity they brought up all this stuff they brought up the past but listen Tony I want to remind you that is a different man that is not you you are in right standing with God because of the man in the middle. Amen? Will you stand with me? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't have to ask for a raising of hands to ask who I'm talking to. When I talk about the wrestling of guilt and shame, the wouldas, the couldas, the shouldas, the pain of the past, because I know that that hits home with every single person here in this place. Now you might say, well, how do I get rid of it? How do I change it? Well, first, you have to meet the man in the middle. The man that hung on the cross. The man that went to the grave and rose on the third day and conquered sin, shame, and all the heaviness that goes with it. So if you're here this morning and you want to make this Easter 2023, one that you'll remember because you'll leave here a different man, a different woman. And if you've never received Jesus or asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you've never received the gift of forgiveness, then today's your day. If you're watching online and you're saying, that's me, I've never received Jesus, then today's your day. You're watching not by accident, it's been a divine appointment. But if you're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, call you up front. I just simply want you to make this between you and God. But I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand so that I can know who to pray for. 
at the end. If you're here this morning and you say, I want to receive Jesus, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're here this morning and you say, you know, I've walked with Jesus, but I feel like I've drifted or I've just kind of walked away or I just feel like I'm under a, just a tidal wave of guilt and shame and I just feel the farthest th thing from being righteous. And you say, I want to get my heart right with God. I want to give my life and surrender all that I am back to Him. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're here this morning... And you're saying, I want today to be the start of a brand new day. I want you to raise your hand. On any of those accounts, I want to receive Jesus. I want to come back into a relationship with Him. I want to surrender my life. On the count of three, if that's you, just raise your hand high. One, two, three. Raise them high. I see that hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Thought I saw another one. Ten. You can put them down once you put them up. Praise God. Thank you for your boldness to raise your hand. I trust that there's something stirring in your heart that says today is going to be a marking day in my life. If you've raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Church. I want you to pray it along with me just to give them some reassurance. If you're watching online and you were raising your hand where you're sitting, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Because this moment, this hour, this day is a life-changing day. And the guilt and the shame has to fall because of the man in the middle. Are you ready to pray with me? Everybody, let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to be the man in the middle. To hang on the cross. To die for me. And to raise from the dead. I ask you now to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and also be my Lord from this day forward. I surrender myself to you in Jesus' name. Now I say, past, you're gone. I'm a new man. I'm not who I was. I'm brand new. And I'm righteous before God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give them all a hand give God some praise. Amen. Now listen, if you raised your hand... And you would say, listen, I don't know the first thing about just walking with Jesus. Or I need some help. The connect spot, just at the bottom of the steps, we have little green envelopes that says, I believe. And it's just some tools and some gifts for you just to help you in your walk with Jesus. But more importantly, listen. Being around people that love God, being around a church that will love you and care about you and walk this out with you, talk you off the edge from time to time, that's so important. So I encourage you, if you don't have a church home, come on back and just hang out with us. Be family. And you might say, well, I don't like you and I didn't like the church, but I just, I'm glad that Jesus saved me. Well, listen, I got big shoulders and I'm okay with that. We want to get you plugged into a church that would be a good fit for you. Listen, if we're not your fit, 
We're not bothered by that. We just want you to get plugged into a good church, okay? So let us know, and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. But just know we care about you and we love you, all right? Amen? So have an amazing Easter. If I can, let me just pray one more time for all of us as we dismiss. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single family that there would be such a comfort and a peace upon every household as they visit with family, as they celebrate you. Lord, I thank you for the love of God and the peace of God that would guide and direct every conversation, every family gathering. And we thank you that today is a marking day for our lives. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen, amen. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.